Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How you doing? Welcome to the brighter side. I'm Ed Larson, and with me, as always, is Miss Amber Nelson. Hello, and Miss Mary Kelly. Hello. And today we are talking about that Israel. Go get yourself a falafel, you stupid goat. You love it. You love it. Israel is a as a as a part Jew. As a, with with some Jew in me, I always love Israel. I think it's a really cool place, and it's got a great energy, and I like the way that they treat their people. Uh, but uh, that being said, every country has their flaws, and Lord knows Israel is definitely being accused of some flaws in their time. Uh, and I, and I, I just kind of want to get to the bottom of it and talking to our buddy, uh, a, a friend of the show, Mr. Eitan Badarsh. Badarsh? Badarsh. Bednarsh. Bednarsh. Bednarsh, like bed, bed like you sleep in, and then narsh like, like Bedouin. The word narsh. Not that it exists. Like a Bedouin, sure. <laughs> but uh in in uh you are Israeli by blood, but you don't you don't actually uh you're not actually from there, right? I'm actually from there. My parents uh moved to Israel from America when they first got married. They lived on kibbutz in like a socialist dream for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh when they got married, my oldest brother was lived in Israel. Uh, I have family that lives there now. My brother lives there now. I have nieces and nephews there. I lived there for two years myself. So wow. I got some Israel bona fides and then a few parts more Jewish than you are probably. Wow. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. this might sound ignorant, but people That's Jewish. The, we're all about ignorance. We're all about ignorance. <laughs> but like it, Jewish people from Israel are like they like the better Jewish people. <laughs> you know, are they like the best Jewish people? I, I think they I would feel, tell you I that. feel like I know some Israeli Jews who would agree really hard to that. <laughs> not, not many of the rest of us would, I don't think. So you lived in Israel for two years. Where in Israel did you live? Uh, so I lived in a small town about 25 minutes southwest of Jerusalem. Oh, okay. And it was, it was, uh, did you, was there a manger? Yeah, or, uh... it's all it's all mangers. There, right? the, whole, the whole country is just manger after manger after manger. If you drive far enough, you can find something else besides it. So, uh, no, it's like a small town, you know, like a couple, maybe fifteen hundred families or something. But I bet you have. It seems like you have good food. Like the the food there's all like locally grown. You know, you you know the chickens you're eating. You're like, this was Fred. I named it and I fried it up. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean. I'm glad that you brought up Fred because he was just an absolutely amazing chicken, good friend, <laughs> really was an important part of my time there. No, yeah, like all the food there is amazing and the food is super local. So it's Mediterranean food, Arabic food, Israeli food. It's all the same kind of food. If you like gyros, Israel is a good country for you. If you're like the chicken Baba shawarma. Gush man. Oh, yeah, mm. chicken shawarma. 
Go down to Taim Grill on Melrose. Get yourself some chicken shawarma. In Israel? No, it's uh, no in, in <laughs> oh, Los it's like, Angeles. It's like they have a Melrose Avenue <laughs> in Israel. If you wow. find yourself in Israel, get on a flight. Go to Los Angeles, get some and get yourself some shawarma. Love that chicken shawarma. So uh, let me ask you, living there, what was the temperature like in there? I mean, I know it's a, it's kind of a dangerous place. It's uh, they're always kind of at odds with uh, their neighbors and uh, the people yeah. they share, the people that they uh, share their land with. Uh, what is it? Is it like dangerous? I mean, what's the deal? Did you were you scared growing up, or when you uh, lived there? When I lived there, it was really dangerous, and I was even more scared than I realized until I went back a bunch of years later to visit my brother. I was walking through Jerusalem. This is like years later when I was going to visit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is this strange feeling that I have right now? Everything feels so weird. And I remember just feeling like, oh, this feels like normal. This feels Mm -hmm. like not having to worry. This feels like I'm calm. And it was so strange for me walking around there. Yeah, I lived there in um, 2002 and 2003. And it was during the time of what was called the Second Intifada. So uh, Israelis, Palestinians were at war with each other. A lot of suicide bombings, a lot of shootings on the road. It was uh, a crazy time to be there. It was like going into a war zone. I'd rather live in New York in the 70s. <laughs> I'd rather be taking the subway wearing a sign that says, please kill me. <laughs> Anyways, that sounds wild, man. The, yeah, uh, no, it, it's crazy. And uh, why, why do uh, Israelis, and uh, just to break it down for us, why do Israelis and Palestinians hate each other so much? Why don't they ever get along? What is the, what's going on? They, yeah. they, what I know from my ignorant standpoint, from my, they, they, they're forced to share the same land, or the land was given to the Israelis and kind of taken from the Palestinians. Palestinians don't have a country, correct? So, yeah, there's no Palestine right now. So mm-hmm. the basic reason that Israelis and Palestinians don't get together is exactly that. It's like they both basically it's like if you and I had both of us, the food lovers that we are, if I had a pizza and I was just like, this is my pizza, you don't get any. And you were like, nope, same pizza as my pizza and you don't get any. Like we'd be fighting really soon. I know that for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, they it's the same exact land and the two. There are two sets of people who have two totally different narratives about it and who should who should have it. So the modern struggle is really like 1948, the United Nations post-World War II and the Holocaust votes that there should be a state of Israel. It's accepted by Israel because they want a state, not accepted by the people who are living in Palestine. All the Arab countries around Israel go to war with it and don't recognize the state, but it starts in 1948 and it kind of goes from there. So... Holy From shit. before then, both of them have claims to it. Since then, uh, everyone wants to claim the same land for themselves. Now, there's something in the book of Revelations uh, about when Israel is now the capital. That some like it's it's the beginning. It marks the end of days. I looked it up. I well, I tried to, and I was sidetracked by a lot of devils coming out of the ocean. But um, <laughs> there's something in that, though. Uh, do y'all read the Bible? No, it's been a while since I picked up the old Bible. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've been in a hotel. Yeah, oh. the last time I picked up a Bible, I, I think I threw it. Dust- and then- <laughs> <laughs> but dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you read the Bible on a regular basis? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I just picked it up because I was like, oh, Israel's a capital. And I was like flipping through Revelations, like looking for some stuff. It did say that the Antichrist would be in power for 42 months. 
which is about four years presidency. Oh, well, that's very fun. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> or depending on your political persuasion, it may already have been true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, so do you, what is your general feeling about Israel? I mean, do you have a fondness uh, to it? Do you love it? Do you, uh, do, are, are you, uh, you know, do you look down on them? Like, the, how, how do you feel about them, Eitan? No, I mean, I do. I personally love it. I, you know, I grew up uh, religious, Jewish. Everyone who was around me was religious and very Zionistic. And look, you know, I think you get like really Jewish kids my age uh, growing up. Everyone had a grandparent who was went through the Holocaust. Every one of them feels like, oh, there's this really important reason that there needs to be a country that is a safe place like for Jewish people to reside. At the same time, it's a super complicated place because there were people who were living there. Some of them ended up being the Jews who were the first people, Jewish residents of the Israeli state, and others of them ended up without homes. And like, you can't ignore that. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where um, maybe in some way it's like, you know, you can insult your brother or like the crazy uncle at Thanksgiving, like it's your uncle and it matters a little more because it's like your blood. I feel like in some ways the uh, is the stuff that's hard about Israel and the fact that you have a ton of Palestinians who are living in terrible conditions. It's like harder because it's a thing that I love. Yeah. And where do the Palestinians live if they're not allowed to live in Israel? Well, some Palestinians do live in Israel, a very small uh, minority. And then the others of them live in two main areas. One is called Gaza, mm -hmm. and then the other is called the West Bank. Uh, so the West Bank is a much bigger area. Gaza is a much smaller area, but uh, it's one of the, if not the densest area in the world, population center in the world. So a lot of people packed into some not so big areas. And the Israeli army, they're very uh, terrifying. Correct. I mean, that's a that's a that's a safe word to use for them. I mean, they're every person in Israel is technically a member of the army. Yeah, you have to join. Well, yeah. As a real scared cat, I find every single army terrifying. So <laughs> yes, I immediately agree with that. Uh, yeah, every kid. My I actually have a nephew who's starting army service next fall. Oh my god! So every kid who grows up uh, in Israel, there's a draft there, like there was here in the '60s, but like an actual one where everybody has to go. Uh, so yeah, every Israeli kid goes to the army. With anybody? Say what? Are they currently at war with anybody? Uh, no, but they're not at peace with them. <laughs> <laughs> agree that everybody should have some kind of either military service or like wait tables yeah, or something or like, you know i think, I think but some kind of public service i yeah. think it should be necessary i mean go be a fucking postman or a teacher you know i mean i i think that it's good for the world i think uh i think i think it would do america great justice and yeah and you can do that there you could do some like national service or volunteerism there like are if you got no feet go or something army. Mm. but mostly you go into the army and yeah we should do that here It'd be, we'd feel a lot better about America, I think, if all of us gave a little something to it. Uh, now, being in the, if you're like just a, if Amber joined, had to join the military, what would her job be? Would she be in the infantry or would she, would she, uh, would she be in the harem? A, yeah, the harem, which would, would she be doing everyone's hair? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a, a misunderstanding of what a harem is is the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of big kind of speak English, but they don't speak it that well, so a lot gets lost in translation there. Also, military harem. 
yeah. I don't remember that from Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> well, isn't every woman who joins the military? I mean, I've had, I don't want to know their names, but I have women in my family, and they are all joined the military, and they have all been raped in the military. I don't know Ooh. if that's a problem in Israel, because there's probably every woman has to join. And here, like, you probably have, like, five women in the whole deal. It is an issue in American military. So oh, yeah. It is, there is no debating it. Uh, watch the Invisible War for that fucking nightmare. Yeah. Now, it's Israel, I mean, obviously, I've been trying to study a little more just because I've been you know curious about them. And I've, I've found some things that, you know, don't really sit with me well because I'm a big proponent of uh, immigration. And I think immigrants and people, refugees should be allowed to go wherever they want. And right now, uh, Netanyahu... The uh, the leader of Israel. What is he? Is he a president, a prime minister? What's his? What do they call it? What do they use? Oh, he's a pro- They call him prime minister. Prime or minister. BB for short. BB. Right. <laughs> so he uh, he's given everyone this weird ultimatum. Uh, mostly uh, Eritreans and Sudanese who have come there in search for uh, uh, political asylum, and he has told them that they can have three thousand five hundred dollar plane ticket to get the fuck out of there. Or go to jail. And I don't know if that's like nice or mean. You know, I, I know like because you want a new rule and you want like, you know, you want to get rid of people. And, you know, not everyone is America. Not everyone can have uh, the immigration policies that we that some of us strive to have. And uh, but for, you know, to give someone three thousand five hundred to get the fuck out. That almost seems like, hey, you know, at least they're giving them something. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people who are, are staying and saying, I'm going to go to jail because it's safer for me to go to jail in Israel than it is to go back home. Interesting. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it has this. I mean, obviously, they have a rough relationship with the Palestinians. Uh, is this uh, a common thing uh, in Israel? Are, are outsiders welcome? I mean, so that's a complicated question, right? So generally, I would say outsiders welcome, yes. Uh, in this case, I think uh, it's important to remember every country has their like right-wing leaders who will go anti-immigration, and yeah. Netanyahu is that guy. So, you know, he won't be in charge forever. He has been actually prime minister for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're going to be at some point another leader who's going to have left-wing immigration policies, uh, and then the everyone welcome question that gets really tricky with like Palestinians being stuck in Gaza and being stuck in the West Bank yeah. and they're welcome there. They live there. Are their lives good? Are like the quality of living good? I would say no. And that's where it gets probably the trickiest of all. Well, yeah, because Israel, they actually don't they even know that where they live in the West Bank. I, I saw something where they kind of like it's like a game of inches. Where they, they literally, they'll go and steal, like, not, not steal, but, like, claim feet of the land with bulldozers almost on a daily basis. Uh, so like, what do you do with these? Like, why won't they just share the land? Why won't they just get along? What do you think uh, that is? It's a lot of religion, too. Yeah. Yeah. People are very hard Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it really, Amber's exactly right. Like, that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, we can all talk about rational reasons why this might be the case, and to some extent in these kind of nationalist or whatever reasons you get past rational and you get to hatred. But in this one, it like, it just comes down to religion. Like one people's religion basically says Jerusalem is the capital of your religion. And the other religion says Jerusalem is the capital of your religion. And I don't know where you really go from there. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. And the Palestinians are Muslim, right? 
yeah, most Palestinians are Muslims. There are some Christian Palestinians also. But they're like killed. The Christian Palestinians? There is actually um, the Christians. Are, and I know it's a big talking point with the right, but mm-hmm. Christians are like a very persecuted religion because they're, I mean, living, speaking of someone who lives a Christian in the Middle East, yeah. you're, uh, you would be killed if you're found with the Bible. Well, that's why a lot of the Eritreans and the Sudanese are fleeing where they're from. They're Christians and the uh, pastors and the priests in Eritrea and Sudan are being put in prisons or killed in town squares and it's fucking crazy. I had to learn about Eritrea when I was doing this, when I was doing the immigration trip and we met some uh, Eritrean women in a immigrant uh, shelter in Austin. And uh, there was a bunch of Eritrean women who had literally, I mean, they, the terrifying admission that they should have just went to Israel. I mean, well, actually, no, they would have got kicked out, but they, they walked from Eritrea through Ethiopia, through Sudan into Libya, got captured by ISIS because ISIS captures fucking uh, oh, runs Libya. Was in a fucking ISIS camp where God knows what happened to them. Oof. Sold their fucking bodies to get a boat ticket to Italy. Did it again to get to Spain. Did it again to get to Honduras. Then walked through Honduras and Guatemala all the way through Mexico, and then showed up to America with their fucking hands out, saying, "Please." take us and then we put them in jail for holy a year. fucking shit yeah but i'm sure even the jail in america which is bad but i'm sure it's still better it's a than detention center technically it's not yeah, a yeah. jail but it's yeah. a jail you know but so it's you know where do we put these people if no one's going to take them i mean obviously they can't go home uh and if we're kicking them out of here and israel's kicking them out of there where are they gonna you know australia australia I mean, that's not a bad idea. They, that's how that whole place started, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they've turned a bunch away also, though. Yeah, they, they have. have. And so has that's Japan. What, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what started that whole fight. If you, Do you remember, like, day three or day two of the Trump presidency? He got in some fight with Malcolm Turnbull, who's mm. the prime minister of Australia. It was over, basically, whether Americans would take some refugees from Australia. Australia has refugees. Oh, they're you know people who went to went people there who seeking went to Australia. Refugees. Now they're trying to get. Oh, so like, who, who followed to Amber's model? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what Australians are trying to leave? Unless you're scared of crocodiles. The uh, what is uh now? This is the brighter side, Aton. This uh, I don't know if you've ever got a chance to listen to the show, but well, uh, we try to find good in everything. And uh, you know, it's being someone who lived in Israel and has family there. What are some of your favorite things about Israel? What, is, what, what do you like about it? What makes it what makes it nice to you? Uh, number one, Tel Aviv. Amazing city. Amazing city. Yeah. It's a huge, it's a capital, huge business city, and it's a beach city, which you never get together. Like you walk in, like the Times Square of Israel is outside the central terminal of Tel Aviv, and you step out, and it's like bright lights everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's the center of like all business and commerce is there, and it's the greatest party city and club city in the Middle East and there's a beach right there. So right away, Tel Aviv, incredible city, like top five city. Oh, really? So go check out Tel Aviv. You, you got to, you just have to. Is that where the Wailing Wall is? The Wailing Wall is wailing about Tel Aviv for all the religious people who are there who are sad that the parties are so good in Tel Aviv. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, if I the, were... the, the Wailing Wall's in uh, Jerusalem, which is like an hour and a half away. That's in Jerusalem. There's a bunch of a bunch of Japanese tourists went there with harpoons. I think it was lost in translation. The, uh... And then that became the second biggest military division of the. Israeli what would happen if I walked down Tel Aviv in a in a Bud White Bud Budweiser bikini? Like, would they be like, "Cover up, you woman," or would they be like, "Yeah"? 
I think they'd be trying to convince you to switch to like an Israeli beer or something. <laughs> That's it. Do um, uh, is uh, now there's lots of different kinds of Jews. Uh, there's Hasidic, there's Orthodox. What is the main uh, Jewish religion in Israel? Uh, so in Israel, it's actually a little different than in America. So in America, you have Hasidic, Orthodox, uh, mm. conservative, reform, reconstructionist, blah 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 blah, a million small other things. But the reason for that is that most people in America, obviously, are not Jewish. So anyone who's Jewish has to affiliate with some group. Yeah. But in Israel, it's not like that. Almost everyone who lives there is Jewish. So unless you affiliate as Orthodox or Hasidic, which is a small part of the population, you basically don't have to affiliate at all. You're just like, like um, here, I'm Jewish, and I'm tanning on the beach in Tel Aviv. And mm-hmm. that's like most of the people. So who like are being Jewish Israel. is the default? Yeah, like almost everyone is. So they don't have to, you don't have to join a group like there's no need to say oh i'm conservative or i'm reform or here are my beliefs you're basically just jewish around other jewish people unless you're like i'm orthodox or hasidic and you know really keep the law and the torah that sounds nice though to just be like oh i'm this so i'm this and just be chill about it everybody yeah that's great and by the way i just got your wailing joke yes (laughs) i just got it Uh, it, it, I met. I know a woman from Israel. Uh, she lives. Uh, she just did a documentary about Bedouin. She's a great, great person. Uh, but she won't shake my hand, which is I always, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like it took a while to adjust. But now, you know, you know, now that it's like it's because you're dirty. Because I'm a dirty, you're a dirty, dirty boy. man, dirty man. Yeah, I'm a dirty man. And you know, at first I was really put off by it. But after you like take time to adjust and just realize it's a a thing of culture it's almost uh cool in a way i guess yeah I mean, honestly most of my male friends don't wash their hands after using the bathroom i feel like yeah. she's probably smart <laughs> to be doing that men are disgusting i saw a woman at the grocery store not wash her hands and she works at the grocery store Oof. and she's like bagging people's stuff and like i always see her when i go and she's bagging people's stuff and like smiles and waves and i'm like that bitch didn't wash her hands she's got fucking piss all over her yeah hands. and just like bagging like putting all your chicken in the bag and like you got your her piss on your hands and holding the bag mm-hmm. is it yeah co- we we decided as a country at some point that we needed a sign in every bathroom where people touch food to tell them that they must wash their hands yeah. so, a bunch of morons. Yeah, people aren't doing that still not doing it, not doing it. well she's kind of touched but whatever the- <laughs> is it a closed off i mean i always like from everyone i know that goes to israel like they always say about how like welcoming and and loving the people are, you know, is it a closed off? Is, is it just the one person I know that won't shake hands or won't hug? Or is that like something that goes down across the whole country? So that's basically like people who are like really observant and very religious people. So if you're very Orthodox or, um, or Hasidic, then mm-hmm. people basically don't touch members of the opposite sex. Eddie, I don't want to blow your mind right now, but I basically grew up that way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What? When did you touch I, a girl? When's the first time you touched a girl that wasn't your mother or your sister? Uh, I didn't touch a girl from when I was like 14 to 23. Get wow. out. Oh, my god! This has become a whole other podcast. Holy oh, shit. Now, what? What, what would happen if you got sat down at Hooters at like 19? <laughs> you know, would you like blow your mind or? I think more than mind? my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't 
touch a woman? That's crazy. And was that was that because of your uh, your your strict religious beliefs or yeah, like just strict, a nervous the, strict religious rules are like you don't touch members of the opposite sex who oh, are in, you know your wife or your mom or your sister or your child or whatever. So who your was family. it that broke the curse? Oh, is this? Um, I think it was this girl Danielle, uh, and we. At that, you're just like every little, oh, no, it wasn't even. That's not true. That was later. Uh, it was this other girl. And basically, every little thing is this, like, huge deal. So yeah. the first time that, like, I ever, like, made out with a girl, I was like, I just made out with a woman. Yeah. Woo! Well, I remember. I like, I I'm, I'm good for months. Like, that's fine. Yeah. That's <laughs> wow. What, was, um, who made the move to touch hands? Uh, was, it, was, it, was, it, was it you or her? Oh, it never would have been me. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn, so you get an erection off of holding hands. Oh, I, I, I bet. I bet. I can't promise it, but uh, I think the muscle memory wise, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I think so for sure. At least, you know, definitely get a boner from uh, holding glands. Get it? The, I'll, get uh... about, I'll get it in 10 minutes again. <laughs> Oh man, uh, you know what? What? Uh... Oh, but by the way, so you're on the beach and you're in Tel Aviv, but Tel Aviv they don't touch. Do they touch each other? But it's a party. Yeah, city. they do. Like Tel Aviv is like not a religious city at all. Oh, like there might yeah. be a small religious community, but ju- like Jerusalem, where the Wailing Wall is, there are a lot of very religious uh, Jewish people who live there. Also, very religious Muslim people and Christians, whatever. It's a very religious city. Wow. So but Tel like Aviv the, is the like further New York. away you get, generally, mm-hmm. it's just like not as many. Like you'll have like whole cities that are not religious cities. Who is Israel's least favorite country at this moment? Lebanon. They hate Israel's that the most? least favorite country. Yeah, I the think most it's, hated it's Iran. Iran. It's like Iran always. Yeah, because they basically always live in fear that Iran is gonna like take them out with some sort of nuclear weapon. But Iran so, is doing good things right now. We're like, I saw a protest today. I was taking the bus. I wrote, drove right past it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they said down with uh, Islamic Brotherhood and Iran. They're like, or down with like Muslim, like a, like a women have to wear the hijab. You know, I see. You, I saw a woman like take it off on the streets, even though she's not in Iran right now. But just to make a point, it's very. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, there's been a lot of protests last little bit. Protests are always good. It's uh, the regime is hardline and crazy. So yeah, and the protests. They're like the Mahalas, they're, they're murderers, and then they're right. Absolutely right. And a yeah. bunch of, right. I also saw that a bunch of um, uh, famous uh, musicians and stuff are canceling all their shows in uh, Tel Aviv. And uh, yeah. uh, Roger Waters, I mean, he that guy, you know, he loves walls. You know, what's his, <laughs> what's his problem? Like, Lord. Well, that actually, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't a political issue. That was straight up a jealousy thing. Which yeah. really, well, that, was, that was personal. Uh, no, Lord just canceled the show. Yeah, Lord. If you can't get Lord in a holy land, I mean, you yeah. Know <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's a really popular movement called uh, BDS, which basically uh, is trying to get divestment from Israel and Israeli uh, companies and mm-hmm. causes until the issue of the Palestinians is resolved, basically. Wow. So. That's uh, what, what is that the is. answer? Some people feel like that's the best way to do it. Have, Say, you sorry, seen, I, have you ever seen an Israeli person and a Palestinian person marry each other and have children? Does that exist? Yeah. Uh, it exists. It exists. It's like it's basically like white people and black people marrying each other in the 1950s, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, uh, it's 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 really something I have. I have a friend that I grew up with who, uh, again, grew up like religious, orthodox, strict laws. 
uh, came out of the closet when he was in college. So already that's a lot to accept for his parents. And then he got uh, engaged and now married to a Palestinian guy who also came out of the closet to his Palestinian parents. So Whoa. they they're Holy like, uh, I don't know what a movie should be made. Just knock it out of the park right there. If you're going to yeah, piss they somebody were just like, off, we'll do take it them again. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What is the what is you you what do you think is the answer for the for peace with the Palestine? Yeah, just sum up what we can do. Yeah, no, what do you well, think would be a good step in the right direction? You know, like for I've the, been I've I've had the answer for a really long time. Yeah. I know how to do it, so I've just been waiting for people to ask me so I could get it going. <laughs> uh, no, there's a uh, a lot. Look, I mean, my honest answer is the first thing we can do is people can do a better job of understanding each other's narratives. So I think there are some really cool organizations out there that are um, bringing Israeli and Palestinian people together. I'll tell you one. Actually, here's a brighter side thing. Yeah. This is a really cool thing. Um, so like I've heard sometimes uh, Christian Gillibrand, for example, talk about how like gun violence could be a feminist issue because oftentimes it's moms who have a, a different understanding of gun violence. So like across the spectrum, like women can stand up kind of together. So there's this really cool organization that um, brings together Palestinian mothers and Israeli mothers, all of whom have lost children in some way or another during these battles and what's called like, you know, terrorism or the war or different uh, uh, things that have gone on between them. So it's basically just these women who have lost children who come together to talk, to start a dialogue. And I think that's such a powerful and human how can we support them? Start. Like, what what can we do to support them? Uh, that is a good question. Talk about uh, it. I will try and find the name of it. I'll see if I can find the name of it and uh, get it back to you. But um, there are, yeah, it's, it's just like searching for different organizations. For example, there's an organization called the Hartman Institute, I believe, that uh, sends people on delegations, like, Jews on delegations into Palestinian territories, like help people meet each other. Uh, and I think that's an important first step. There are some super practical things that need to happen and like uh, things that feel like un centuries long, unanswerable questions that are out there also. But for a place of hope, I think that's a really nice one to start with. A place of hope. That sounds like an AA basement. <laughs> I feel like they could use AA a lot there. It's a heavy drinking town, right? Or country, isn't it? I hear uh, really? I hear people are getting hammered in there. At least my my cousin who went on his birthright told me that. Wow. Well, birth, <laughs> I hear one eight hundred cars for kids funds kids to go on birthright. Oh really? One eight seven seven cars for kids. Oh yeah. Donate your car today. That's all. Like uh, the, all the money when you donate the car goes for children to go on their birthright to Israel. And for all you little goyims out there listening to the show, then you don't know what birthright is. Uh, you can go to Israel for free if you have one parent from uh, that is Jewish. They will send you to Israel for a couple weeks for free. Please take advantage of that if you get the chance. I did not. I regret it every damn day. You, you gotta, didn't go. You got to do it. Go. You got to do it before you're 27. So uh, you can send yourself. Well, now I'd have to go and pay for it. Yeah, but you know that's you know not nearly as fun. Well, birthrights uh, also people can get together with other Jewish people and have children and like they they want you to fuck right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you go on birthright? Uh, is that how you ended up living there? Uh, I did not go on birthright because uh, I had gone a whole bunch of times before. So I had family there and I went to visit. And then for two years I was living there, I was studying in seminary there. So uh, that's, uh, that's what I was doing there. Wow. 
That's so intense. Well, Eitan, thank you so much for taking some time and talking to us about Israel, buddy. Uh, I'll see you next You're week. You're so welcome. When I'm visiting I'm going to throw this out there. I just was searching for it on Wikipedia. I think it's called the Parents Circle Families Forum. Oh, thank PCFF, you. PCFF, Parents Circle Family Forum. If I'm wrong, there's nothing I can do about it. So just give those people money. No yeah. matter what. <laughs> hey, you know, everyone needs a little help these days. Eitan, Thank you so much. Uh, great, great human being. Do you want to plug your Twitter or anything like you that? You were a ton of fun. <laughs> That's the only plug I could ever ask. <laughs> All right, everyone. Back to our point counterpoint. Is Israel good? Is it bad? Should we just not care and look on the brighter side? Joining us, taking the other side of this issue is Mr. Cena Gosnavi. Hello! Oh my god, I did not know that I was the counterpoint to this. This puts me in a very non-moderate position, but let's do it, Eddie. Hello, Mary. Good to see you both. Hello. Cena, I got it. how many Palestinians does it take to screw in a light bulb? Not nearly enough. The answer is Palestinians are allowed to have light bulbs, much less a house to port them to Lebanon immediately. Now that comes that comes early in when you're Palestinian, you get a, a user manual that, that's listed front page. No light bulbs. Yeah. So basically, we just got done talking to a, a good a good buddy of mine, uh, Itam Badarsh, and he spent a lot of time in Israel, and he's got a fondness for it, as you know most uh, good Jews do. You know, and as do I, but we're, I'm just starting to learn about some of the negatives, and I, I need to learn a little deeper. Uh, it's seen that you do you like Israel. Do you not like Israel? Yesterday, uh, Eitan, we were asking him what his uh, who the biggest enemy of Israel is, and he said uh, Iran. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, now, uh, the, it didn't used to be. It didn't used to be. Who did it used to be? No, it used to just be, you know, the Ottoman Empire. It used to be back in the day. Iran and Israel were very good friends. There were tons of Jewish people. Before the Islamic Revolution in 79, uh, there was a ton of Jewish people in Iran. They, they had a really good life, and there was a, it was a relatively multi-religious society in Iran. And then you started having all these things that happened to Iran politically that used religion as this kind of vehicle mm-hmm. to bring in their kind of theocracy and their kind of authoritarian regime. But that ended up translating into having a very bad relationship with Israel. Now, Israel, like, what's the deal here? Are they like friendly to other countries around them, or are they just you know they just fight with everybody? Are we their Isra- only friend? Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's basically it. That's the issue here that I struggle with as well. Like. If you look at on on like a geopolitical level and like strategically for our military, we have no choice but to be friends with with Israel. Mm-hmm. We have we have made so we have, you know, it's like when you eat a bunch of shitty food and you take and you shit everywhere, okay? And you, your ass sprays everywhere. Yeah. That's America's foreign policy in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And the only place that we have not spray shit is Israel because we have protected them Bit, we've been their friends. We have not. We've you know financed a lot of their stuff. They've helped us at times. I don't know if you remember. Um, I think it was like two thousand, maybe nine. Uh, the Stuxnet virus, the virus that, no clue um, that is. our the CIA and Israeli intelligence helped install into the nuclear facilities in Iran, and basically what we were able to do was to hold up 
their nuclear arsenal and their their uranium enrichment facilities for a long time. And the way they did that was like basically someone got a USB drive that they got into the one of the plants. They plugged it in, and then that released the virus to everybody. And now there's a lot of more in detail stuff that you that you can go into about it. Yeah. But there's a great documentary on uh, on that that one of my uh, that that's called Zero Days by okay. Alex Gibney. That's an amazing documentary to watch that really breaks down how we went about and did that. So I say that to say we are really good friends with Israel, not because we like hanging out with them or we have a lot of culturally similar things we do. We're a fairly progressive liberal democracy, both here and in Israel, but it's more of a military strategic position that we have over there. Okay, that makes sense. It's somewhere to put your planes and shit like that. Exactly. That being said, they do a lot of fucked up shit. I mean, if you yeah. go back to the history about how all of this stuff went down, is that, you know, it, it was the Brits and the French after World War One that basically carved up the Middle East and decided, hey, you know, we're going to make uh, Jordan here. We're going to make it east of the Jordan River. That's going to be the kingdom of Jordan. And then west of Jordan, we're going to have uh, Palestine. That's going to kind of be like a place. But we're also going to uh, allow the Jews to, to settle here as well. And... That was not received well by a lot of Palestinians, but yet they did it anyways. And the Brits uh, promised to a lot of Palestinians, to the Palestinian leadership at that time, they said, hey, we will, we will get you a state. Don't worry. Uh, but you just got to kind of play nice with us and, we'll, and, and, and you know, get along with the Jewish people that were also going to be moving into this area and everything will be fine. Here's the issue. The Palestinians in that region at that time— they weren't very progressive. They weren't very modern. They didn't want to be. They were just like, you know, they liked living a more of like a, I would say, Eating you know. rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they liked dirt and hang out. They liked normal, simple shit. And they didn't want to play politics. They didn't want to do any of that shit. So when they yeah. came in, they saw all this stuff happen. They're like, fuck all that noise. We don't want these people here. It's not anything to do with them. We're just here living our lives. And and again, the Palestinians, before the Brits came in, the Ottoman Empire, which is the Turks, right? They came in and they just they they've been oppressing that part of the world, that especially the Palestinians, for, for generations. Mm-hmm. So these people have, have never had any Peace, sort of like ever. daylight. Yeah. And I get it. The Jews have not had a real wonderful walk through history either no but no. It, it's like you put it's you put curious why the they wouldn't just in... band together on that the palestinians and the jews exactly i mean i say it all the time the number of times i go to black comedians and be like hey aren't we so similar now and they look at me they're like get the fuck out of here, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about no but you would think you would think that their, their collective oppression and their collective marginalization would, would bring them together at some point, but it hasn't. It has It has only brought them farther apart, and it doesn't really help that for decades, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, – for decades, the United States has said we are a nonpartisan, you know, uh, uh, you know, arbiter. You know, we're negotiating peace in the Middle East. But how is it a nonpartisan – how are we try, How are we able to actually negotiate peace – if we're always on Israel's side, we we're yeah. never taking the side of Palestine. Yes, we give them money. Yes, we support them in some other ways. But if you compare that to the funding we give to Israel, both in in, in uh, military aid and in just pure finance and intelligence, I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. 
now Palestine, they don't, they basically, they're not recognized as a country to us, right? Yeah. Because they don't have, because they technically don't have land because it all belongs to Israel. Correct? Palestine is, Palestine is inside. <laughs> I, I'm not calling them homeless. I'm just, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure this out. Are they? Um, no, no. Are they? No, they, 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 they are a non-member observer state. Okay, okay so, so they're so they, at the UN and they're at the, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They get to go to the party, but like they can't drink. They can't talk to anybody. They and they're just not sit allowed in the to drive home either. <laughs> <laughs> So like what is, I mean like I I was reading about a two state uh thing going on in Israel for one for Palestinians one for one for the Israelis What a, is that a reasonable idea? Well would that, what would that require? Would that mean that like each state that takes over the same land have different laws? Would they have different cops? Would they like how would that work? Yeah, um so there is this thing called the 1967 lines and this uh there was like basically uh, right before this thing called the Six Day War, um, you know, it's like right before Israel went and captured the Gaza Strip from Egypt and the West Bank and East Jerusalem from Jordan, uh, and they kind of expanded their territory after that in a in a very, you know, uh, in a very broad way. Yeah. And one of the things that people talk to is if we just went back to those lines, went back to those initial lines that the fucking Brits made basically. And before those lines, before, before Israel kind of like made some moves, right. And really pissed off all the terrorists and, and Hezbollah and everybody else and Hamas and all the stuff that those are lines where we could maybe have two States, right? We could yeah. Palestinian could have their place and then Israel could have their place. And then they would share Jerusalem. Okay. Right? And that's the other thing. That'd it's be a like shared DC place. where it's got its own rules and shit. Exactly. And also when it comes to Jerusalem, I, you know, it's it's an interesting thing, but it's like there's that's what's so that's why this thing will never be solved, Eddie, I think, because the way they're trying to decide Jerusalem is they're literally going back into like religious texts, Bible verses, oh, yeah, yeah, the to- yeah, yeah. Torahs. I just made I don't even know if those are the actual books, but it's all religious shit. They're like, well, if you are Muslim and you believe that Abraham went down the street and did this and I'm like, oh, what, what, what? This is never going to get solved. This yeah. is if that's what we're working from, this is never going to get solved. Yeah, man. I mean, you got to keep religion out of it. But these people are so uh, backwards in their thinking that they just, you know, they will never live in the now. It's always in the past, it seems like to me. Whereas like, exactly no one's ever going to forgive each other. I mean, where you got it, in my opinion, the only way to really sort this out would be like to get at the youth and try to like, you know, instill it in their minds now that there's just got to be peace eventually and the, then you just of, wait for all the old fuckers to die. Of course, but at the same time there there are a huge majority of people in Israel that want a two-state solution. That don't want all this war. Young people that just want to go party with Palestinians. By the way, we talk about Israelis and Palestinians. They look the same basically. Let's yeah. be honest. No, for sure. You are not going to be able to pull a, you know, them out of a lineup, you know. It's just like the new cast of The Bachelor. Have you seen these like eight blonde-haired women? I refuse they look to watch. all all the same. All the same. Yeah. It's like a magic eye poster when you look at all of them together. You think like <laughs> something's going to come out from all of them or something, some shape like a sailboat. But anyway, so it's like they all they all Everyone looks the same over there. They're fighting over a bunch of dirt, 
And not only are they <laughs> fighting over it, but everyone else in the world that hates each other uses the Israeli-Palestinian conflict as their own proxy war. So that's why your buddy was like, Iran's the biggest threat to Israel right now, because they are funding a ton of Hezbollah-related uh, activities. Like, mm -hmm. they built million-dollar tunnels underneath the ground so that they can get into Israel and, and cause whatever havoc they want to they want to do. And Israel against Palestine is locking down, you know, fishing zones that Palestinians would use to actually have any sort of uh, a sense of an economy. So you can imagine how pissed people get when there's no money, there's no jobs, there's no economy. That's what Israel is kind of doing to Palestine. Mm. And then so when you have a rocket that gets fired off or like someone throws a rock or like some suicide bomber goes off, then Israel just comes back tenfold. Yeah. Well, now, however, the, yeah. Israel's so much more advanced than they are, right? I mean, if oh my God! If they yeah. actually went to real war, it'd probably be over pretty fast. I mean, maybe, but if they went to real war, you would have Iran come in. You would have other outside actors jump in and back. That's why it's so always at this like precipice all the time of like a uh, about to spill over, and everyone just kind of talks about how we should have peace there, but no one ever wants to talk about the underlying issues of. USA and Iran don't get along, so they fight each other in through Israel and Palestine through this proxy fight. And, yeah. that, and everyone else that wants to get in the mix does it. Who knows what Russia's doing? Russia funds a lot of stuff that's happening in Iran. Russia calls a lot of shots that are happening Absolutely. actually in the Middle East through their ability to finance these things. And remember, That makes terrorism. more sense than us, though, if you ask my opinion. I mean, because we, we got South America. We deal with all those fuckers. You know, so yeah. this is Russia's South America. Yes, exactly right. And, and, and I think it's important to also remember it costs a lot of money to build a missile that gets put on a, a, a fighter jet that, that gets built that sh flies over Palestine and drops a bomb. It costs a fraction of a fraction of 1% for a terrorist to build a suicide vest to go and do a, a really huge amount of damage. And that's so the that's fight. The, this They're both killing civilians on both sides, basically, right? Yeah. And they're just yeah. and they're just going after each other. It's insane. And We're, that's what's yeah Go the ahead. most unconventional battle war that you'll ever see because it's it's an actual army bombing civilians trying to get terrorists who are hiding amongst civilians, and the terrorists there in fact go to Israel and bomb shopping centers and shit like that. You know, and so it's just like it, the only people really getting affected are the only ones that don't want the war. You know, so exactly it's, it's crazy. And it doesn't help that when Palestine had actual uh, elections, they couldn't – like the country the, – like the, the their state of Palestine basically split up into Fatah. Fatah you know, I, think, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. And Hamas. And Hamas is the more militant arm, and Fatah is the, is the one that's like trying to actually make a real government. Oh. And it doesn't help that uh, Hamas is a lot more successful at providing food and jobs and money to the people there because they get funding from whatever, you know, weird country they want to get funding from that's supporting them. And Fatah is trying to do it locally, doing it the normal way, right? Yeah. So if Hamas gets money from Iran to give food and shelter and stuff to people that were just displaced by Israeli bombs, they're going to side with Hamas. And they're not going to side with a more democratically uh, minded Fatah. So it, it's it's like everything about it sucks. And Donald Trump going in and actually saying we're moving our embassy to Jerusalem and that is the capital of Israel is both 
uh, embarrassing, but it's also kind of the most honest thing that America could do because we for so long have been on Israel's side very transparently, uh, or at least if you just look into it. Yeah. And this is just basically saying, hey, uh, this is what this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Where, where was our embassy? Nazareth? Oh, I can't. I don't remember where it was before. Uh, it was outside. I know that in Nazareth this year, they didn't have uh, they didn't do any Christian uh, Christmas stuff because of Donald Trump in protest. of yeah. Donald Trump moving the capital to Jerusalem. I was cast in Jesus Christ Superstar for that show, and it, the <laughs> run got canceled. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ, so, Jesus Christ. So what do you? What, 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 what have you said? I mean, obviously, what? any any place that has to fight for their. I mean, Israel's in a tough spot themselves because they all they wanted was land, somewhere to call home, and that's what they were given. And every single one of their neighbors wants to kill them, and so of course they're a little defensive and secretive and make everyone join the army. You know, so it's 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 very it's hard because like it's their home too. And, you know, so I got to, you know, you always want to protect your home because if they lose their home, then where the fuck are they going to go? It's just it, it is uh, it is their home, I, I guess. Like we but it's not it's not their ethnic heritage home. Right. Yeah. You know, they're not from. Uh, there? The, yeah. I mean, you could go again. This is back to like the biblical verses. I mean, the Palestinians were there. That was the that was supposed to be where they were. And. It was all these big superpowers that just came in and, and carved up that part of the world and decided whose home was whose. And that's the real shitty part. And again, we go back to a common theme in this show. Old white men ruin the world. And that's what <laughs> happened. And that's what happened here. A bunch of old white guys went and were just like, oh, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm sure all these unibrowed, hairy back motherfuckers will get along with each other. Yeah. And it's like, no, obviously not. Who's who's uh I mean like who's the who's the trouble now I mean obviously the, around there I mean in, in the Middle East I and mean, there's ISIS and Al Qaeda for sure you know and like there's all kinds of problems in Syria and there's uh problems in Afghanistan oh. but it seems like everything else yeah. is almost like better you know where Iraq is Everywhere. better Iraq is good Iraq. no. No? Iraq is Iraq is is still having a, a lot of trouble. The only thing I guess if you were to compare like the Middle East, I mean the Middle East is just a shit to show. Ten years I mean, ago, it's a, it's a, compare it to ten years ago. You know, yeah, ah, man, I you know that's tough. It's like how, <laughs> what level of shit do you want to compare it to? But yes, it is slightly better. The uh, uh, Iraqi National Army is like doing good work. The Kurdish um, par- parts of like the ethnic Kurdish people have their own kind of little army, mm-hmm. and they're actually pushing back against ISIS um, better than some of these other more national armies are, yeah. which is another big thing that we may want to talk about at some point, uh, maybe on another episode. But the Kurds are these ethnic Middle Eastern people that have always fought alongside uh, democratic values, and they wanted to have their own country, and we're not letting them have it. And that's what the other problem in Iraq right now is, is that you have – too many different types of ethnicities that are all trying to live together, uh, and there's no one that really wants to get along. I mean, so, I mean, for all intents and purposes, as much as we have our problems with race in this country, it's much better in a way. Oh, my God. that You're absolutely right, Eddie. I, and I think we've talked about this before. We may complain about race here. We've had a, a you know something you know that small issue of slavery that we like to go back to. Now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge 
huge issue. Yeah. But we're talking about centuries of war in the Middle East. Yeah, thousands like, of centuries years. Centuries and centuries and I mean, it's just it, it's unreal how long people that look like me have been racist against people that look exactly like me. It's, <laughs> it, it makes me crazy. It's like. <laughs> And I tell you, like, I have I have had every type of experience uh, where people think I'm Jewish, they think I'm Israeli, they think I'm Palestinian, they think I'm Lebanese, they think I'm every single Greasy uh, you know, Italian. Kind of like uh, national national uh, ethnicity under the sun, you know, and it's all it's all the same shit and it doesn't matter, you know. So uh, the fact that, you know, we're the brighter side, I, I've been trying to find yeah. as many as I can here. What, what are some of the brighter sides to the, to the state of Israel and maybe even the Israeli-Palestine conflict? Well, I mean, my hope is that uh, I, I think the brighter side, oof, man, I should have probably thought of this before we started the show. It's the whole thing <laughs> of the show. It's, it's like the whole. <laughs> is that the title? <laughs> I thought it was like an episode title, not like the show title. I'll tell you what my buddy Aton, I asked him like what's you know, what's the brighter side of Israel? And he was you know, he was like the beach. You know, I'm mean, like <laughs> <laughs> The beach is nice. Tel Aviv. I, <laughs> I tell you, here's the brighter side of that whole part of the world, the Israeli Palestinian region. Mm-hmm. It is our living history. Yeah. It is history that you can walk and touch and experience and even there's something almost kind of cool that there's a, you know, like, you know, multi-generational argument happening in a part of the world. Yeah. Usually the arguments we have last maybe a year, a couple years. These people have been arguing for several generations and there's history wrapped up in that. And then when you find people that cross over and uh, give aid to other people and you find people that get along with each other. I, I just did a... Um, a Shabbat Salam kind of like Seder a few months ago where we did a show right in the middle of Times Square where we brought Israelis, Palestinians, people from all these different faiths together to kind of talk about the politics of the issues, but also talk about how as a younger generation, we want to kind of move this issue forward. And we don't want to be a generation that just lives in war yet again. And again, it goes back to old white men and I'll make Netanyahu a white man in this situation. He's about as conservative as they get. He is a fanatic, and he is a—he is not in line with the general zeitgeist of the rest of Israel. And a lot of people—I have friends that work at APAC that are just as uh, moderate and reasonable as we are. And we're all just trying to figure this out. So that's—that is my. I think the brighter side here is that there's more light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and, and more uh, sunlight at the end of this horizon. Oh, enough with the metaphor, Cena. Then we then we have right now. As long as Donald Trump doesn't fuck it up even more. Oh man, yeah, you never know. He, but you know, at the same time, you almost agreed with his decision to move the. I think it was an honest decision. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was yeah, what yeah. was weird. Uh, it, it was like, well, at least it's kind of like what we've been doing. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, why am I flying to this place when I know I got to go to this place? Eh, yeah. Jesus Christ. He was born there, and they killed him. The, uh... 
But Eddie, let me ask Eddie. Let me ask you, as as a, a, a Jewish person, mm-hmm. how do you now? There's a political side of this, and and you're friends with everybody. You're one of the friendliest people I know. Yeah. Does this ever come up for you? You you always manage to avoid politics, but I'm sure you experience some of this when you when you're out. I mean, well, I mean, the truth is, like, as like you know, a part Jew, I mean, I'm gonna side with Israel ultimately, no matter what. And I think that's almost what the problem is. You know, it's, it's yeah. like, it's, you know, I'm looking at both sides of this thing. And, I, you know, I really feel bad for the Palestinians because they got a fucking raw deal. They got a shit ass deal and they're forced to live with it. And whenever they yell about it, they yell really loud and kill people. And then it's a bigger fight than it ever was in the first place. And so yeah. it's just like it's a, it, the whole thing's a fucking disaster. But either I wish I just wish. I wish, I wish there was more fish. No, but there is. A <laughs> well, you know, it's just they need. I wish there was land for everybody. I think there is, you know, this. I, they just need to get along and it's not going to happen. And, you know, I can scream about it from a fucking bunker in L.A. all I want. But, you know, it's just, you know, just it's so sad to see people who I think on both sides at their core are good people that will just never get past this one shitty thing and fucking get along with each other. And it just, you and, know, to be honest, it just fucking breaks my heart. And it's the same thing. You can say the same thing in fucking Mississippi, you know, with, with, with white people and black people, you know, and it's just like, why it just drives me crazy that, that people can't get past this one thing. Just who yeah. cares? Believe in what you believe in, believe in what you believe in and walk down the street and break bread together. You know, it's like fucking who cares? You know, it's just stop it. This is, this is old bullshit, you know. It's like you know, I want to go and scream, "God, is it real?" But then I'll get shot, you know. So it's just like it's it's the craziest. Why are you guys doing this to each other? And it just makes me. That's why I want to talk about it because it just makes me so sad. And at the at the core, it just does, I the core of me. It just makes no sense. And it, you know, I can't remember if we mentioned this before, but I think really. I, I think we might have mentioned this on a show before, but we need an alien invasion. Yeah. That is all we fucking need. And I, I, I bring just everyone together. cannot pray for this even more. If like I would love to believe in God. I think it would be great. I would be happier as a person if I was like there is a Debatable. fucking entity up there. <laughs> an entity up there that's that's like, yes, I got you, I made you, I will carry you through the afterlife, no sweat. But if I want to believe in God, I'm definitely believing in aliens. So I'm going to believe in aliens first. And if aliens come, then I'll believe in God. And then I think everything else will be fixed after that. I mean, aliens are here. God is not. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love this. Now, that's a good point counterpoint we should do sometime. (laughs) Aliens God. Oh man, well, buddy, I miss you. I can't wait to hang out with you next week. Uh, yeah, man. Th- thanks so much for calling in and trying to shed some light on this fucking crazy subject. Uh, any, and any final? If thoughts? I got any facts wrong, please let me know, everyone. I mean, we, there's no way to get it all right. It's all so confusing. It's just yeah. like, it's just, I mean, <laughs> at the core, they fucking hate each other, and I wish they'd stop. You know, like, if like, you. If you are offended because I said you have a hairy back and a unibrow, please find me on social media at Cena John at, <laughs> at Harry Brack Unibrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's a great? And you know, I, I I'm not going to quote it now, but if you get a chance, look at the scene uh, from the movie Munich 
where they sit there and it's a scene in the stairwell and it's a, an Israeli and a Palestinian have a like real heart to heart, honest conversation about what's going on. And it's a really interesting scene. I'm sure you can find a clip of it on YouTube. Go check that out. Um, you know, I just wish the best for everybody. And that's what this comes down to. And, uh, you know, obviously me saying I, I hope they work it out isn't going to change anything. But God damn it. I really hope they work it out. Uh, yeah. That's it, man. Uh, we'll, we'll, great. It was great talking to you, buddy. Mary. Great talking to you. Love you as always. This has been the brighter side of cynics. Look at optimism. You can come check us out on iTunes, Twitch, uh, Stitcher, not Twitch. We're not, you know, occasionally on Twitch. Uh, but go rate and review us. Join our Facebook fan group. Uh, we love hearing from you guys and we love talking to you and staying positive and everything. Uh, be good to each other. And uh, taking us out this week is uh, Havana Nagila. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, and that, you know, go dance like a Jew. If everyone danced like a Jew once a year, you'd be a happier person. I mean, see, hey, you, you've locked, you've locked the, elbows and turned circles. I lo- yeah, I lo- we all do a circle dance. The Arabs do a circle dance, too. I mean, the Persians do a circle dance. They all do a circle dance. And at my wedding, I would like to do the horror. I would like to be on the chair. I'd like to do the Havana Gila. I think it'd be really fun. We'll work it out for you. No problem. 20 Thanks, extra bud. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. I'm throwing a rock through the internet right now. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been The Brighter Side. Be good to yourselves. Be good to your families. And be good to your fucking neighbors. All right. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.